It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your good podcasts from. Well, the weekend is here once again. It is a Saturday morning, the ninth day for September. And is it a day of chasing real estate around your local neighbourhood or are you viewing properties in a different suburb? That's always exciting. It's an exciting day, especially if you find the one today, that special property that ticks all of the boxes and sends you into that real estate high. No high for me today, no new property, but we do have a brand new real estate breakfast podcast, talking real estate of course, and coming up this morning we are taking you to Melbourne. And joining me is Dean Gold. He is the Chief Operating Officer and also James Saunders, the Senior Development Manager from Your Land Developments. And uh, first off, let's go to you, Dean, because this is rather unique what you guys are doing. It's Melbourne Society's 1056 Housing Estate and it's spanning over 93 hectares, and it's declared itself a gas-free zone. As well as that, the estate mandates the installation of 5-kilowatt solar panel systems for over 1,000 homes on 300-square-metre blocks. So pretty uh, unique what you guys are doing here. Yeah, we're really excited about the Society 1056 project, which we're launching next month. We started work on it about two years ago with a very clear mandate from our development partners that this project was to be something special and really push the boundaries of what's possible for sustainability in a Greenfields project. We're implementing over 38 key ESD initiatives, including uh, focus on solar, no gas in the project, and measures to combat urban heat island effect. But James can probably talk a bit more about those in detail. Thanks, Dean. We um, we are really excited about these initiatives that we're putting in place. So as Dean mentioned, we are having this as a gas-free estate, so all electric. What that means is that every home over 300 square metres is going to have a five kilowatt solar panel system installed on it, and we are covering that cost as well. What this will do is it will reduce the reliance on gas and it will increase the renewable energy produced in every house and across the the project as a whole. Each house will have um, electric appliances, which have been proven to have better health benefits. They're cheaper to run, better for the environment. So a lot of really exciting initiatives that we're putting in place. But it's not just in the homes. We've also got items out in our our roads that we're building. So we're going to build some lighter roads, which means that in the peak of summer, they're not going to be as hot. You can walk down there with your dog and won't feel the, the burning sun on your back. And we're also using recycled materials in some of the roads. So old milk cartons, glass bottles, old bits of other road, and also low carbon concrete. So this is a really great way to reduce the CO2 emissions and a really easy way as well. It's not just the infrastructure, but also planting in the sort of social sustainability that we're really excited about. We are putting in over 5,000 new trees. These are a great way to, again, help cool the project and keep it really green and just a nice place to live. 
Yes, well, you're definitely challenging the norms, that is for sure. A lot of planning clearly and working out the efficiencies of what you are doing. And the hat is tipped off to you for that. When we come back, we will talk more about a greener way to develop projects. Each week, we bring you in-depth real estate discussions, including inspiring stories from homeowners, knowledgeable real estate professionals and economists. Whether you're a buyer, seller, or just a real estate enthusiast, we are your ultimate property podcast. And right now it is time for another 30-second property tip. We are going to Rob Dory there on the Gold Coast. And good morning, Rob. What have you got for us this morning? Yeah, morning, Craig. Look, uh, conducting so many auctions, obviously meet many buyers who are a little scared and quite often it's the very first time that they're bidding at auction and they can be given lots of advice from maybe people that don't necessarily give the best advice. Um, So look, today I'd like to give some advice around bidding at auction and quite simply, the best advice I can give you is if you want to buy a property at auction, then act with confidence. Know what number you'd like to pay for the property. Get to that number before anyone else. As an auctioneer, we don't expect you to pay any more than you can afford, but don't sit back and do nothing. You don't scare your competitors by sitting on your hands and doing nothing. Uh, 68% of the time, opening bidder wins at auction. It's to do with confidence. And secondly, uh, when someone else bids, make sure you bid really quickly. The more you do that, they'll think you've got more money than them. And eventually they may just give up because of it. So get in, bid strong, bid high, best chance to win at auction. Yeah, be confident like a auctioneer, perhaps. <laughs> That's right. You know, and you don't have to be confident as long as you look confident. That's right. Fake it until you make it, or in this case, fake it until you buy the property. Good on you, Rob. Cheers, Craig. I've been doing that for 30 years, by the way. If you're serious about real estate, we're serious about delivering the most comprehensive property information every week. And if this weekend is another weekend that you are not in your new home due to extensive construction delays, you are not alone. And a case in point, an Adelaide buyer signed a 40-week building contract with Metricon, which is now almost a year overdue, causing the buyer financial, emotional and mental distress. Metricon is grappling, they say, with labour and material challenges impacting numerous customers. Yes, plenty of you out there. Another buyer affected has endured a 10-month wait for her new home and both customers have expressed concerns about construction quality and reverse build methods. Metricon acknowledges the delays and external factors contributing to them but assert that they are committed to addressing the issues. Metricon this year, they've really been under the pump, haven't they? Receiving plenty of bad press regarding these delays. So let's hope that if you are one of these people waiting, that you don't have to wait too much longer. And in by Christmas is what many people will be hoping for. You don't want another birthday and you're still not in your home. And talking of birthdays if you are celebrating one today many happy returns for september the 9th adam sandler he's turning 56 today michelle williams the actor is 42 michael buble is 47 and hugh grant is 62 
It's the main centre forecast. And around the country, let's check on the weather. First, we go to Sydney, expecting blue skies, sunshine, no raincoat required today, 19 degrees. Melbourne, expecting a cloudy one, possibility of one or two showers, and 14. Blue skies in Brisbane, place to be with 25. And Perth, well, you're going to see some sunshine, you're going to have cloud, you're all also going to have a chance of rain so everything in the forecast being thrown at Perth and your high 23. Ready to take your real estate knowledge to the next level? So are we. It's time to go back to the real estate vault for this week's property comment. So if you were able to speak to yourself before you did the very first reno, what would you say to yourself back then now that you've done so many of these renos? Um, Do as much education on renovating as you can before you start. And what has been some of those key things that you thought, gee, I wish I had have done a little bit more exploratory work on finding out some more information in this area? Some of the finishes. So um, like, for example, uh, this current one that I'm doing, um, we're laying travertine floors for the first time, whereas normally I would lay timber floors and haven't done it, you know, at all in a living area. So there's a lot more things to consider when laying tiles in a living area and think to what there are just in a bathroom. So it's, you know, you learn things on the go and the first time you do things, it always takes more time and costs more money, but it's education for the next time. um, And, you know, it's all on the job training, you know, in that respect. Yeah. Now, last year we were talking about the the whole renovation aspect, and then of course we had the the price of building costs going through the roof, uh, especially with the materials. So a lot of people sort of pulled back from renovating, but it sounds like you haven't. You've just kept on going. Yeah, and look, you know, in my experience, what I've been doing, there's some materials that have gone up timber in particular, which everyone knows about. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm using travertine flooring this time. Um, but overall, look, you know, there's price changes in, in everything, but I haven't noticed massive differences apart from timber um, in the products that I use. And, you know, a lot of that comes down to selection at the time. And if something's more expensive, then I'll just choose something else because, you know, in these ones, they're renovating for a profit. So it's, um, I don't use cheap materials. I The homes that I renovate, uh, higher spec, higher price point properties. So, you know, there's a lot of care and, and you know, and, and um, time that gets spent on selecting the finishes that I use in each of the homes. Let's fuel your passion for property together. Join us along with our industry experts to help inspire and inform your next real estate decision. Dean and James, they are back with me on your Saturday morning talking gas-free zones and solar panels. And Dean, unfortunately, not many developers think in this green way, let alone actually build what you guys are doing. It's outside the box and is probably, I don't know, probably 20 years away from it being mandated where developers will be forced to do what you guys are doing. Yeah, Craig, a lot of it has been considered before on smaller scale on niche projects. 
What we've really tried to do is take the learnings from some of those niche projects and apply them to a broader scale project and make them accessible for the everyday uh, homeowner. So we've really tried to look at some of the barriers to why people wouldn't do this themselves and you know, take the hard work out of it for them. And, and when people are buying these blocks, uh, they're getting a Tesla in the driveway, are they? Uh, I, I'd, I'd like to say that if anyone's listening from Tesla, but no, not at this stage. But there is options for the solar packages to be upgraded to include uh, solar charging and batteries as well, if anybody does want to do that. Yeah, because there was a development that I was talking to a while ago now, and they were telling me that they've got, I think, half a dozen Teslas and they're communal. You buy into the community and there's half a dozen Teslas, you can charge them on site. I mean, that's pretty interesting. All of this sort of technology, this rewiring the brain from a developer's point of view, it's, uh, it's great. Yeah, it really is. This is a big project, a 1300 lot project that's going to go over, you know, roughly 10 years. So we're hoping that what we're launching the project with now will be doing far beyond that by the time we get to the end of the project as well. That first stage, 1000 homes, and then you'll release the second stage thereafter. Not quite. We're releasing a first stage of about 30 lots uh, coming up in the next couple of months. There'll be about a thousand standalone dwellings with over 300 townhomes as well as part of the development released in stages over the next 10 years. It's going to keep you guys pretty busy by the sound of it. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on to the real estate breakfast this morning and uh, good luck with all of that. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for having us. Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights. Well, the perception in the marketplace is it's not decreasing, but the question is how much of that is actually media, how much truth to that. If you're coming from the eastern seaboard where median prices are double or sometimes even triple the Darwin median house price, you're getting great bang for your buck. Yeah, I guess the increasing imbalance between holding costs and rental income is, is probably concerning for some investors, especially in markets like Sydney and Melbourne, where the prices are higher and the yields are lower. In Budrim, according to RP data, the median house price in Budrim is about $1.1 million, and 471 properties have been sold in the last 12 months. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 